This March, I dream of a run, the run of fit and strong, the run of right and real. I see worlds strung out in front of me, green good worlds of one. Here, I live with no name, a hum on the wind, a far off voice in the trees, lost to bark and birds, not next, not last, just now, just me. The leaf and branch and cold spring trill, a bird might know me, might see my thoughts and self, but no one can reach me in my stick-made home. My flint spun fire, my shoeless run. This march in the slow slosh of snow and dull roar of many-shoed feet. I dream of quiet, past where wheels can go, while I might watch the green grow, sleep with rocks, and fall in love with birds. That was an essay I wrote when I was 14. My English teacher noticed I was a little bored in class and he offered to give me extra credit writing assignments. The challenge was to write about something I loved using only single syllable words. I was a cross country runner and I loved running in the woods best. This essay is my favorite piece of writing I've ever created and it's not because of the end product. I don't think it's like the best writing in the world. I remember vividly the time it took to build the sentences, searching for a short word that would fit, rearranging my sentence structures to avoid gerunds, uh, nouns with ing, like running, stopping, seeing. The challenge also meant I was fiercely visualizing my subject matter, running in the woods. When I remember this piece, when I reread it, I experience a layered memory of writing in my dorm room, visualizing the woods, and running through the trails that surrounded my school. All at once, I re-experience the pride in trying, the curiosity in learning, and the freedom in running. Welcome to Material Fields, where we explore the intimate relationships between people, their creative practices, and the materials they have fallen in love with. I'm your host, Katherine Monahan. I'm an audio storyteller, writer, and artist living in Oakland on Ohlone land. The EP you've all been waiting for is finally up on Spotify. Search for Elizabeth Delise and listen to the songs they wrote for season two of Material Fields. The link to the EP is in the show notes and on social media. If you're new to the show, make sure to check out one of the more traditional episodes from season one or two. We're on hiatus, which means I'm guestless for a few months while I build out season three. So it's just me and you today, baby. Me and you. Today, we're going to talk about two sister practices that are intertwined for me, writing and running. First off, what is a sister practice? Well, it's a fancy, funky term that I made up a few seconds ago. I think of it as a sibling of a craft you already consider one of your main boos. For me, writing has always been a constant, and running is the sister practice. They know one another well, and they are definitely related. Running helps me process my thoughts, and writing can sometimes feel like a steady run when I'm in the flow. Do you have anything like that? Two distinct activities that just seem to go together. You can do one without the other, sure, but when done in tandem, they nurture one another. Before I get too far into that idea, let me back up. 
I think writing is a material, like clay or wood or fiber. It is mark making with a meaning, and it's a material many of us bring to life even though we might not call ourselves writers. Every day we create ephemera like shopping lists, post-it notes, resumes, letters. Some of us go big, drafting novels and manifestos. Others sign the inside of a gifted book with a few ornate letters for Catherine, Christmas 1992, with love. When I'm writing, it feels like I'm sculpting my thoughts into something very specific to be understood by another. I'm pulling up images, associations, rhythms. I'm placing them on paper or into air, and your mind's eye receives them. A physical gallery of my writing would be cluttered stacks of essays, poems and letters, playlists of sad love songs, shelves of journals and intricate, cryptic displays of my brainstorms on index cards and post-it notes. It would kind of look like a uh, um, tracking down a serial killer, but uh, that's neither here nor there. Then we have running. I know a lot of people despise running, so please bear with me because I'm going to get a little lovey-dovey for a second. As long as it's long-distance running on, the, on earth, like on dirt, there are plenty reasons I love to run. I like to be in the woods. When I'm on a trail, sometimes it feels like I'm running inside of my own head. Thoughts come and go, and I have what feel like brilliant ideas. Sometimes I stop and breathlessly speak into my phone to record for later. Music fuels me. I love the rhythm and the flow I get into. I love the way my body can keep going even when my mind thinks it's impossible, and vice versa. I'm also amazed by the range of emotions I can feel when I'm running. Righteous anger at a tough hill. Relief and gratitude once the hill is over. Freedom during a downhill. Meditative contentment along a straight path. Playful joy with puddles and mud. Rage in snow. The way my feet read the earth beneath the roots and rocks, soft mud and hard dirt. And when I ran races, the narrative arc of the 5K was another familiar story. The adrenaline of the starting line, the thinning out of the crowd in a steady first mile, the ramped up second mile, and the mind-bending sprint at the end. I miss racing, not for the competition, but for the company and the stories we told one another after we finished. What parts were hard, the drama of mile two, the triumphant passes, and the mental mind games. Just as the practice of running changes with company, there is an exchange that happens when a piece of writing is created with an intention to stir something in the reader and move them to write for themselves or to respond. For me, this form of writing feels most lush and alive in the form of letter writing. Let's zoom out for a second. I love covering materials that are thousands of years old, and letter writing is an ancient art of communication that has made history over and over. Letters are revolutionary tools. They can track a slow burn of influential decision-making between leaders, academics, and family systems. They chronicle juicy romances people are still talking about hundreds of years later. Take the comma placement in one of Alexander Hamilton's letters to his wife's sister, Angelica. That piece of punctuation has turned into a catchy Broadway number. 
And just a side note, I may or may not have just rewatched the BBC's Pride and Prejudice, which is no less than a um, six-hour endeavor. The plot is literally fueled by letters. Letters reveal secrets, instruct next steps, express emotions. Characters often prioritize private time to read, process their emotions, and then write back. Can you imagine interrupting a friend hang to retire to your room because I've just received a letter and I haven't a moment to waste? I have some more reflections on how letter writing is an art. Letter writing is a physical act. Your hand gets tired. Many of us aren't used to writing several pages in a row, and once you're in the flow, your thoughts are moving fast and your hand wants to catch up. You might need to stretch your hands or practice writing to build up muscles so that you can comfortably express yourself without cramping. Letter writing is also a process that impacts the space around you. You need to be sitting in a comfortable, quiet place with a clear surface. You need a pen you like, or you should have a pen that you like so you're not frustrated the whole time, with ink that doesn't smudge. And when your writing is finished, you're not done. You need to have stamps, envelopes. You need to make a trip to the post office or a mailbox. Maybe you walk there. Maybe you see something interesting. Maybe you say hello to someone. Then you wait. My personal experience with letter writing has been on and off. My family, really my mother, is big on cards, thank you notes, birthday cards, and sentimental notes just because. My grandparents and I also exchanged letters until I was in my late teens. I exchanged some star-crossed love letters with a girlfriend in college. After that, my letter writing days petered out with uh, texting as the main stage for my communications. Then, from September 2020 to May 2021, I exchanged letters with Eliza, a friend from college who I had fallen out of touch with. This is a recording of the two of us reading letters from one another from exactly a year ago. Dear Catherine. Dear Eliza, I was so excited to receive your letter as well. I set it aside to read it by lamplight in my bed. Sorry it's taken me a while to respond. I received your letter last week. Eliza and I were very close, and then our relationship fell apart in our late 20s. Turns out both of us still cared, and she suggested writing letters as a way to reconnect. I can recall her emotions, thoughts, and reflections from our letter writing time in a different way than I recall lived experiences or even phone calls. Because I not only remember the specificity and rhythm of her words, without any body language to misinterpret or charged emotions to get confused by, I also remember where I was when I read each letter, how it made me feel, how I had to pause in between paragraphs and stare off into the distance to really feel what she was saying. Eliza is reading my writing and I'm reading hers. Our voices kind of sound similar, um, but, you know, just do your best to uh, discern them. <laughs> and then here is an illustration with labels of your bed and what your view is from your bed with uh, two computer monitors and some nice hangings, like uh, cloth sheets hanging over. I love what you did to your room. Sounds like a great way to make a home office live in harmony with your bed, despite their very... When you think about your authentic self, who do you see? What are they doing? I'm interested in this too, as currently my job feels so out of... Regarding my authentic self, it's confusing. 
Part of me sees myself in PDX summer 2011. Inspired, adventurous, unselfconscious for the most part, outdoorsy, open-minded. And then you drew a line with a little triangle in the middle that says the sweet spot. And on the left side of the line, there's a little drawing of nature and says me. Lol, Relationships car, of all kinds are under so much stress right now. What does passion feel like for you? Is it always connected to a person? Can you feel passion by yourself? And then there's an asterisk that says, I got interrupted here and had an intense phone call about pod logistics. I will have to think about your words about passion. I do think I can feel it myself. In reference to a relationship, I mean passion as connection, emotional, physical, even spiritual. Are you looking forward to anything tangible or otherwise in 2021? This is after the what asterisk. The I'm restarting the letter just a, one day later, lounging in the backyard of Alicia Toldy. She is carving spoons as I write this and says hi. Hi, Alicia! Exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. Honestly, I'm at the end of my rope in many ways, and I'm taking a much-needed step back from the rhythms and patterns of my I life. I need a change of pace, it's and I'm looking forward to time alone and having a whole bed to myself, in all capital letters underlined, smiley face, heart. <laughs> what are some of the things on your mind as 2020 ends and 2021 begins? Do you make resolutions? Sending love to the West Coast. I hope your road trip left you refreshed. Can't wait to read your next I love letter. reading your letters and can't wait to read the next. This letter took me about a week to write. I'll have to have a better turnaround time next love, time. Love, Eliza. XOXO, Catherine. Listening back, I noticed some ingredients in our letter writing that feel like the nuts and bolts of our craft punctuation choice, illustrations, hand-drawn emojis, <laughs> abbreviations, questions, and asterisks when we get interrupted or sidetracked. There is even an art to noticing the handwriting of your partner in this dance. Does it grow looser and more hurried with emphasis and inspiration, or is it more ordered and determined to get a particular point across? Slipping on another person's style and noticing with affection and care the way their mind works, I'm getting reacquainted to my thoughts through Eliza's narration of them. It feels extremely intimate, like another way of knowing myself through the voice of another. I'm spending a lot of time on letter writing because I feel this is the most tangible material form my writing takes. Yes, I have produced what feels like a massive amount of writing. Yes, some hyperlinks will get you to a piece of mine on the internet. I also have boxes of journals, but they aren't alive like a letter, which travels long distances, embodies a time capsule, and connects two people over time. Who is the last person you wrote a letter to or received a letter from? Has a letter ever stirred up your emotions? Do you have any that you've saved from loved ones you no longer see? How does it feel to write a letter? Who would you want to write a letter to right now? Oh, and do you have any letters that you've written and never sent? I have a lot of these letters, and when I find them, they are sad to me. They feel heavy and lifeless, like misplaced stones.
I know I am a writer because of the way I live. Sometimes I read myself in a circle, editing the structure of my thoughts and reflecting on my previous words. Other times I dive right in. I want to learn, experience, express, and I'll worry about editing later. I obsess over individual words. I feel like words are my wise elders and companions with rich life stories flavored by present day context. I perform the story of my life. I take note of my surroundings and everyday moments. And if I'm in a good place mentally, <laughs> I have the capacity to celebrate this intricate scene setting and the dynamic meat cutes that life just gives me uh, simply by existing. We uh, back up to the word comment. Uh, I, I take words seriously uh, in some ways to my detriment. Hurtful words can stay with me like worry stones. And I often worry about creating those stones for others. And as I was like journaling about this and writing this draft and writing the script, thinking about words in this way as I've been producing this particular episode has helped me understand something about myself that I've never been able to articulate before. These stones, these like words that I think about, they are like my unsent letters and they weigh on me. They are heavy. And if we unpack that word, heavy, when something is heavy, it's not necessarily bad. It doesn't necessarily mean it's painful. Taken on its own, heavy can mean saturated, meaningful, significant, inconvenient, challenging. Something heavy can be something important or intense or valuable. Not so fun fact, but it's related. Um, typically after I have a stressful experience, if I'm working too much or I have a very emotional conversation, my left shoulder is knotted up and painful and my neck is stiff, tender, achy. When taken by itself, an individual stone, an individual unsent letter, it might be heavy, but it's not, it's not doesn't crush anyone. My ability to hyperfocus has me inspecting that stone and saying, this is not ideal, but it's okay. I can carry it. Meanwhile, on my back, layers of stone walls crisscross my shoulder blades. The earth of my body is pressed down, compacted. And when I add this stone to the landscape, it crushes the land even more. I'm sharing all this with you because I, I'm literally realizing this in real time this winter as I'm writing this. Uh, the link between my body, words, letters, and movement. The, the difference between an unsent letter and an ongoing exchange. And the power of running outside and writing out loud as I try to heal my body and mind. Just to clarify, um, I am not suggesting we all start writing letters and make like New Year's resolutions and just start doing a new habit for novelty's sake. I think if we scan our life and look at all of our relationships and our values and where we stand, if we better understand letter writing for what it is, we might see a need for it somewhere. Maybe it's strengthening or reviving a particular relationship that you care about. Maybe it's a tool to address a painful topic that it's hard to speak about. Maybe it is to branch out and build new relationships with places and people you've always dreamt of. When I'm talking about misplaced stones and unsent letters, I'm not just talking about like journal entries where I'm writing an angsty love note to an ex. I'm also talking about the hurtful things that happened in the past that maybe you can't talk about. And I'm talking about stuff within our culture 
unsent letters that would mean reckoning with our past. Whatever stones you're dealing with, you deserve a family of creative practices supporting you. So if you think you found your thing, I challenge you to open your mind a bit and see if a sibling is lingering somewhere. One of my favorite parts of running through the woods is the ground. Roots and soil are a mosaic. My eyes scan ahead and my feet coordinate steps to the soft angled well of the trail. The rhythm of my steps and the pace of my breathing, the rush of water, the steady drips of raindrops. It's all allowing for movement. And as the heavy parts are shaken loose, the stones I keep inside are not ordered anymore. My elaborate cataloging system falls apart. The stones on my back lose their structure and the weight is different on my shoulders. Pressing my feet into the ground, making gentle marks on the trail, pacing my breath, and holding a place for myself. I am performing my own version of a letter, an exchange with the woods. Thanks again for listening to Material Feels. If you're new to the show, don't forget to listen back to more traditional episodes, which feature a guest. It's not always just me musing about my art and my mental health struggles. <laughs> Woo! Um, yeah, have a good day. Have a good night. Have a good morning. Whatever is going on, just, you know, breathe in and uh, do your thing. Love you. Bye. Material Feels is produced by me, your host, Katherine Monahan. I'm an artist and audio storyteller based in Oakland, California, living on a lonely land. I'm originally from New York State. I've got a background in art and a love for the material world. Our associate producer, Elizabeth Elise, produces original music for each episode and crafts our underscores. Sounds are also sourced from freesound.org and MSFX. Please share the show with your loved ones. Review it on Apple Podcasts. Shop Waveform Ceramics, our store on Etsy. Contribute to our Patreon. And most importantly, make a date with your creative side and engage with the material world, however you love to most. <laughs>